Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. What a win last night for Indiana. Uh, My goodness, uh, 80-65, the final score, Indiana. And it really was a bigger uh, balloon than that, a bigger margin than that for a great part of the game. But Illinois chose not to double down on Trace Jackson Davis. And TJD made the uh, Fighting Illini pay the price last night. Two back-to-back really good games for the Hoosiers. And I don't want to call both of them blowouts because at times it wasn't a blowout. But Indiana very much has dominated the last 80 minutes of basketball that they have played. And that is very impressive in the Big Ten Conference to do. And to be quite honest, it's very impressive for this team to do because they were on the struggle bus in a big way heading into that Wisconsin game at home with Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson both out. So Kind of unbelievable, really, to see not only Indiana getting two wins, one at home, one on the road, but two wins against very quality teams in the Big Ten and two wins where they've coasted in many ways. It's been sure with five, six, seven, eight minutes left in the game uh, when most times you're on the edge of your seat thinking Indiana, even if they have a decent lead, may give it away. uh, It it seemed confident that this team was going to hang on and, and finish the game off, and that's exactly what they were able to do. Real quick, the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, here in just a moment, Brandon Hoffman, the coach of Silver Creek, is going to join us. His Dragons tonight headed to a big road game at New Albany. It's always fun when the Bulldogs and Dragons hook up. It's been a great game now for a number of years, and we'll preview that game. Also, I want to talk with Coach Hoffman about his team this year. The Dragons have been state championship caliber uh, the last few years. They've won two state championships. They've had so many big-name players. It's not the same kind of team, but I think it's a team that's getting better. They've had a lot of injuries to deal with, and we'll just catch up on the latest with Silver Creek. Also, Coach Hoffman and his team were involved in that backboard-breaking deal, and, and Brandon's been around the game forever and ever. Uh, as a fairly still young guy, and I'm curious if he's ever seen anything like that before. Uh, So we'll talk about that when he joins us here in just a moment. Also later today, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with me. We'll break down the big IU win last night. We'll talk about some of the things I thought Indiana did really well uh, and other things coming up here with him. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, always with us Fridays. We talk high school hoops, recruiting, and more. With uh, Kyle from the Indianapolis Star, we'll do that today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And get your phone out, send a text in, 
1450. We call it the Thornton's text line, and we'd love to get your questions, your comments, IU, local stuff, what high school game are you going to tonight, whatever it is, you can fire it in to me here on the show. Uh, let's get right to Coach Hoffman. Coach, uh, late notice. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Matt. Absolutely. Big game tonight. Always fun when New Albany and Silver Creek hook up. And, Coach, I really feel like your team has battled through some adversity this year while maintaining a 500 record. You guys sit at 5-5 five and five right now. Can you tell us what it's been like to deal with so many different injuries to key players that has really kept you guys from getting your core nucleus out there together now for some time? Yeah, it hasn't, uh, you know, it hasn't necessarily been ideal, you know, going into the season, you know, kind of what we had planned on and rotations we had planned on and how we're going to play, you know, and then, you know, that's just things you can't control, you know, and I think anybody that uh, that is in athletics uh, knows you can only control what you can control. So um, it's great to get those guys back right now. Um, you know, hopefully maybe in the long run it pays off that the younger guys we end up playing, you know, that'll, uh, we'll get the fruits of their labor um, later. But uh, it was just, it's, it was, it was tough, but our kids uh, stayed positive, and we got everybody back, and we're looking forward to, to a really good second half of the season. All right, Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek starting out the show today. Coach, I want to go through some of your players here in just a moment, but you were involved last Friday night in one of the craziest things I've ever seen. First and foremost, your team was competing in a big way against Brownstown, who's very good with Jack Benner. Uh, and Jack went down the lane, uh, able to complete a dunk, and right after that dunk, as he's still on the rim, glass comes down everywhere. What was your immediate reaction? Have you ever seen anything like that in a high school game or really any game you've ever been around or at over the years? Yeah, it was crazy. It was really crazy. We had a big trade edit here at a practice. That's right. On a totally different level than mid-game. You know, we're, uh, you know, we... We're right after it happens. We're kind of huddled up, me and Coach Benner and the the ads and the principal and the referees, and like, well, you know, what's the plan here? And it was all, you know, it was obvious. Like, I was like, I, I have no idea. I mean, we've never been here before. I don't know the protocol for this, so we were all kind of had our hands up in the air, scratching our head. Um, you know, I went up and talked to Jack afterwards. You know, went back and checked on him, and I was like, hey man, it really stinks. You cut your hand, but that's a pretty cool. It was really cool. Uh, it was just a. I mean, there's something that the kids and the fans will never forget. Uh, you know, on, on the unfortunate side of it is, we were probably playing our best game of the year. You know, you mentioned Albany's a, a big game for us, and uh, Brownstown's a big rival for us as well. And you know, that game has some conference implications on it. And uh, you know, you always coach Benner's one of my good buddies, and you always like to compete your best against the best. So, um, yeah, it was just a, it's a game I'll never forget in my career. Yeah, just looking at some of the photos and videos, I was at the New Alb- or the uh, Jeff Floyd Central game. We were on the radio, and Pam Hall was with me at halftime, the Jeff principal, and she showed a picture to me, and I immediately said, had to be Jack Benner. There's no Trey Kaufman to do something like that right now for, for Silver Creek. But uh, with that said, some of the pictures and videos, just the reactions and the the wide open mouth. It was really a lot of people stunned, as you said. 
Oh, gosh. I mean, it, there were kids going on the court and picking up shards of glass. Like, it was it was crazy. Like, I, I mean, I guess the legend of, of Jack grows. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. And, Coach, before we get back into and, and, you know, and, you know, Matt, it, it, you know, it could have been a lot worse. You know, he cut his hand, had to get some stitches, but, you know, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. We're pretty fortunate that nobody got glass in their eyes or no bones were broke. It, it could have been bad. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Coach, before we get back into the New Albany game, that Brownstown contest, you mentioned how well your team was playing. That will be resumed. Is it Monday night coming out of the weekend? Is that when it's going to, to resume in the second period? Yeah, that's the plan. You know, here in a couple of days, we'll go up there and pick up right where the game was left off. All right, uh, good stuff. Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek with us. Coach, uh, as we talk about your team tonight, this will be the last time that you take your Dragons to square off against a Jim Shannon coach Bulldogs team. And I've kind of had a front row seat to your all's friendship and relationship over the years. I know that there's a lot of respect both ways. And uh, thoughts on facing Coach Shannon and the Bulldogs in the current format for the final time? You know, I thought about it quite a bit this week. You know, I, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but I don't know if there's anybody, uh, you know, in Clark, Florida area that's went head-to-head more with Coach uh, than I have. Uh, but I think this will be the 13th or 14th matchup. And, uh, I mean, I can go back to when, you know, Coach Shannon was one of, was one of my uh, uh, references when I tried to get the Silver Creek job. You know, he's just uh, – He's been great to me personally, and he's made me a better coach and showed me how to lead a program and represent a school and community and uh, what it takes to be successful. Uh, so, personally, it's uh, look, we're looking forward to it, uh, and always going down to New Albany. Uh, it's, it's always a great time. The doghouse they have such a good fan base. Uh, their team's playing well. I feel like our team's uh, hitting our stride. So. You know, I expect a great game and great environment tonight. And uh, although it'll be bittersweet, uh, you know, maybe the last time coaching against uh, Coach Shannon, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I always cherish uh, going against him. Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek joining us as Dragons. will take on the Bulldogs tonight. Our pregame coverage, if you can't make it out, will begin at 7.15 here on the Big X. Jeff Crawford will join me for the broadcast Coach Hoffman, uh, when we talk about your team, and I've seen you play two or three games this season that we've broadcast, Caden Oliver has been really solid for you. I know he had a huge start to that Brownstown game last Friday that's been delayed to Monday because of the backboard situation. But talk about Caden, the leadership, the season he's had uh, through good times and bad times for your team. He has been very consistent. You know, Caden's been a lot of fun to coach. He's a lot of fun to coach. He's got a great personality. Uh, he competes. He always competes hard. You know, uh, he's kind of been, I think we've only had like maybe three or four guys that have been consistent in our lineup this, this year just in terms of availability. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, been through that all season, you know, playing with different lineups. Um, but the one thing consistent with him is that he's led us by example. And, uh, you know, we're going to need to lean on him quite a bit here in the second half of the season, hopefully a good tournament round. Uh, but uh, I'm really proud of how he's, he's handled himself, and I, I still think uh, him and the rest of our team has our best basketball ahead of us. 
Yeah, no question about it. I know there've been another of other number names uh, of other names, including some young players that have had opportunities in a big way this year for Silver Creek. Do you mind to kind of take us through some of the the key moments and key players for the Dragons this year? I don't want to put you on the spot because I know different people have stepped up in different games and at different points of the season, but definitely some some younger guys to pay attention to in your program as well. Yeah, we're playing a lot of a lot of younger guys. You know, we, uh, you know, I think in the holiday tournament three three one stretch, we had Caden out there and a and a sophomore and, and three freshmen. Uh, so, um, you know, Casey Beggers had a had a good freshman season for us. You know, he's scoring the ball well, uh, quite a bit for a freshman. Um, Walker uh, Walker Hoffman started every game as a sophomore, and uh, I think he's kind of starting to get his basketball legs. Uh, here going, um, you know, and Nate Davidson, he was, he's a junior for us and kind of does a little bit of everything. Those four have been the kind of guys that have kind of uh, been consistent. Um, we played some, some freshmen here and there. We played Dane Sprigler and Jaron Miles or two freshmen that kind of filled the gaps, the guys that were gone. Um, you know, these guys coming back, you know, Hayden Garden and Jace Burton and Kyle Roberts, um, I'm really looking forward to getting those guys back and, uh, you know, getting the full head of steam going the season. But I think the good thing about our team is that we have a lot of guys that can contribute. And I know you put me on the spot there and made me mention some names. I know I'm going to forget somebody. I know I'm probably going to hear about it. But uh, uh, I really like uh, the overall group of talent that we have. And uh, hopefully that's on display here. Absolutely. Brandon Hoffman, Silver Creek, our guests, were talking about the Dragons in advance of their matchup tonight with New Albany. Uh, thinking about some of your past great teams and all the great years for Silver Creek basketball in the Sellersburg community, uh, Trey Kaufman Wren is at the very top of that list, and it's been neat to see the success that he's having, the role he's carved out with the Boilermakers after the redshirt year. Uh, so often people wonder, do, do, do red shirt situations work out? It's obviously a case-by-case situation, but I think it really allowed Trey uh, the chance to fit in nicely with Coach Painter and this Boilermakers club, and uh, he's got a very bright future, I think, there in West Lafayette. Yeah, I think that ended up being a, a great call. And, um, you know, with him red shirting, get familiar with the system and get his body ready. You know, I think some people look down, look at a red shirt, and think it's a bad thing. But you know, you use it, you use it wisely, and it turns out you got to step ahead of a lot of people. And um, you know, Trey made the most of it, and it's paying off dividends now. And you know, I think we've, I think because of him playing uh, for Purdue, and then seeing how Purdue has played so well, and the way, uh, you know, the way Coach Painter has kind of led his program. You know, we've got a lot of people that. Have, Starting to watch more Purdue games than they used to here in Salisbury. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trey's in a great spot. You know, he just has to be playing behind the player of the year candidate right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's done, a, he's done a great job of kind of progressing his game and it's kind of staying the course. And I think he's got, a, he's got an awesome future ahead there. All right, uh, Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek Coach. Thanks for being with us. It's always fun to catch up. We've had a lot of conversations like this in recent years, and I look forward to seeing you out at New Albany tonight for our broadcast. All right, Matt. I'll see you there.
Absolutely. Brandon Hoffman, I just asked him about 20 minutes ago to jump on and join us in this first segment, so I appreciate his cooperation joining us today. But always great to talk to the coaches on game day. And I do think, and I share Coach Hoffman's sentiments, I do think that both teams are playing very solid basketball right now. There were a lot of question marks around both Silver Creek and New Albany heading into the season. Uh, but I tell you, two great coaches uh, there for sure uh, representing our local area, and both of them have got those teams, I think, doing about as much as they can, to be quite honest. So tonight I think will be a good one, hoping for a good crowd. This is another rivalry game. It may not have the history or uh, maybe some of the hoopla that the some of the others do when it's your big rivalry game and a conference game, as Coach Hoffman mentioned. But I definitely think Silver Creek's uptick here recently, right before the Dragons, it was New Albany with Romeo. Both of those programs have really represented our area very well in recent years and oftentimes on a statewide uh, level because of the, the level of success that they've been able to have. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join. We've got a lot to talk about because Indiana won a big one last night over at Illinois. Indiana dominated in many ways, and Trace Jackson Davis, he was just unbelievable last night, and I was puzzled after yesterday kind of bragging on Coach Underwood. I think he's one of the good ones in the Big Ten. Uh, I was puzzled that they chose to guard him the way they did. We'll talk about that more coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter says, do you know if Floyd Central plays this week? Yes, the Highlanders have a really tough one tonight. They play at Jennings County, who's at the top of the Hoosier Hills Conference. Jennings County, 13-1 and on the season. So, Floyd will need to come out as they did against Jeff last week and play that way or better throughout, I think, to have a chance to knock off a really good Jennings County team. And then Floyd is at Jeffersontown uh, coming up on Saturday night. That is a home game, taking on, of course, Jeffersontown from over in Louisville. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us now here on the program. Dylan, I really don't know where to start. There were so many good things. Normally it's so many bad things about mm-hmm. IU basketball, but so many good things last night for the Hoosiers and Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen hood Shafino and Jordan Geronimo, and the list goes on. Indiana is playing really good basketball here as we approach the end of January, and I'm not sure that over the holidays or earlier this month we thought that this team was ever capable of winning by double figures at home or on the road in this conference. Not at all. I mean, just what a difference a, a week makes. You know, we were we were on here last Friday um, before the Wisconsin game and after the Penn State loss, um, really trying to struggle to find a, a path for this team to, to get things back on track. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, we, but we did talk about, hey, you know, what, look what Iowa did. They were struggling after they beat Indiana. They kind of went on a run now. 
you know, you look at what Illinois had done after struggling prior to last night, you know, they had won four in a row. So we knew it could be done, um, and we just we just needed to see it. And, and credit to this team, the players and the coaching staff for, for really, I mean, the last 80 minutes of basketball have been really, really um, good. They, they, they've, they've just the effort they've shown on the floor, the attention to detail they've had on the defensive side of the ball, not leaving shooters, um, has been really key. And and I think just the, you know, whatever the attitude flip, the adjustments um, that the coaching staff has made. You know, I would think Woodson mentioned Trace kind of rallied some of the players together. So whatever they did, um, it, it's worked, and it's been really, really awesome to see them turn this around. And two really hard games. You know, I know Wisconsin was without Tyler Wall, but you know, I mean, obviously we know Indiana's without two of their best players, and, and to, to kind of beat them like that at home and then hold them to 45 points was, was awesome. But, you know, we've seen them have good home wins in the past, so you're like, can they re- replicate this on the road? And, you know, what they were able to do to a pretty hot Illinois team um, last night in Champaign, um, I, I, it was really weird that the, the, the announcers and everything was just building this up as a rivalry, but, you know, it seemed, the Illinois seemed kind of lifeless for a rivalry game last night, and the crowd wasn't really into it because they didn't have much to get into, and that's Indiana just came out um, and and just really punched him in the mouth and kept gumming at him. And Trace Jackson Davis, like you said, was absolutely incredible. I mean, he, he's really starting to, to really come into form here. I think he mentioned last night in the post game that, you know, he's, he's starting to feel a little bit more um, healthy, you know, 85, 90% now. And you can kind of, you can just tell with kind of the moves that he's able to make, the explosion he has um, going up at the rim now. It just seems a little bit better than it was a couple weeks ago. So, it's all, it's all been really fun, and, um, you know, we're going to continue to say, though, can they sustain this? You know, you're going to have a, a really tough home game coming up on Sunday against Michigan State, who, you know, almost beat Purdue and, and beat Rutgers pretty handily last night at home. So it's going to be a good game, and, and I think, you know, what, what's cool about it is, man, can you imagine the crowd Assembly Hall is going to bring now? Because when fans have some momentum to them, and instead of just trying to get the team back on track, you know, now, now everyone's kind of, feeling pretty good and feeling some mojo about them. So it should be a pretty fun environment on Sunday against Michigan State. So credit to them for turning it around. It's been, uh, like you said, I, I don't think even just a week ago we, we didn't see a pass for this team to, to really turn it around, but they have. And um, it, it's exciting now. There's, there's some big opportunities here to extend the winning trick to four on, on Sunday and then um, you know at Minnesota the next game after that. I've had a couple of texts about this. Uh, one texter says, I was surprised to see the way they guarded TJD. It seems that teams who have given him trouble throw double teams at him. Uh, I, that, for sure, I, I was blown away when I realized what was going on or maybe not going on defensively against Trace. I agree with you. Um, and, and here's the example. So on, on Monday, you know, when, when Michigan State played Purdue, Michigan State was, was very content with just, you know, basically single covering Edie, trying, you know, not letting the other Purdue guys beat them, and, and Edie was good enough to beat them on his own. But, you know, the reason why I think Michigan State did that is because you knew Purdue's guards can really knock shots down. You know they can really hurt you. And I think when, when teams, you know, when they decide to just double out on Trace, it's because they're not super afraid of Indiana's other players. Um, and, and usually, you know, they're, they're mostly correct in doing that because Indiana has had you know, tough times getting guys on the perimeter to really contribute. But, you know, what, what Underwood's plan was last night, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to leave Indiana shooters. And, you know, credit to Indiana, they, they definitely shot the better ball, the ball better this year. But um, it was still a little surprising that they didn't really, at, at kind of any point in the game, um, try to double them, try to take guys, try to take, you know, Trace's attacks to the basket away. Um, and, and he just he just destroyed them. Um, you know, Dane Danger, uh, it's a cool name, but he was just, he, he was not quick enough to, to stay with Trace Jackson Davis. Coleman Hawkins was just too small, um, and he, he's really having his way. He did the same thing against Wisconsin. 
Um, so, you know, I, it'll be curious to see how Michigan State defends him because, like I just said, that's how the, basically how Illinois defended Trace is how Michigan State defended Edie on Monday. Um, you know, it could, could be different, you know, what Izzo decides to do on Sunday now after seeing what Trace has been doing. But, um, yeah, it was a really interesting choice. And, you know, I think, I think they stuck with it way too long um, just because he was hurting them so bad. And um, I, I think Underwood even said after the game, you know, he knew – they wanted to give let Trey score, and they just but he he was more upset with how they guarded Geronimo, who scored thirteen. They were more upset with how they guarded Hutchinson, who's in double figures as well. So obviously that was a game plan for him. But Indiana's guys did a good job of, of really you know executing their game plan and working around it and letting Trey go to work. And he 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 was he was incredible. I mean he he's really I mean this, these la- these last couple stretches of games for him, even some of the losses, you know some of the numbers he was putting up were really good and. And now you're starting to see it come together with wins and the way he's dominating again. He really looks like the guy that, that took over the end of last season. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to see, and, and I think, you know, hopefully this continues. But um, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some different coverages thrown at him here going forward if he continues to do this. Interesting tweet last night uh, after the game, during the game from Fran Fischilla, uh announcer on ESPN. He said, quote, both Indiana men's basketball coach Mike Woodson and I think Trace Jackson Davis will play in the NBA for a long time, but what does he know that the draft experts, in quotation marks, are missing? You know, I don't know how his successes uh, and his skill set translates to the NBA, but he has had monster games, and I know we're not in the heart of NBA mock draft season where things are getting uh, discussed and, and mock drafts updated all the time, but Trace is really not mentioned much at all when it comes to uh, an NBA future. I think at some point, obviously, he would get drafted maybe in the second round, obviously get picked up by a team. I don't know that I've ever seen him other than one obscure mock draft maybe a year ago in the first round, the late part of the first round. But I've got to wonder, and I'm not an NBA guy, but I've got to wonder how this stuff translates to the NBA and if Trace never would be a star there, but maybe could be a role player in the NBA for a number of years, and when maybe this will start resonating with NBA scouts and those that make the, the mock drafts and things like that. I think there's a chance. Um, I think definitely what's in his favor is just his athleticism overall, and I think that could help. Um, and, you know, I think, like you said, I, I, I've seen him second round in a couple ones here recently, but, but I, I really don't think he, he's going to crack the first round. And It's mainly just because... Um, you know he's he's what six eight six nine and and you know you you, you can't really be that size and, and be kind of a post player in the NBA with how tall and long these guys are now and um, with, with Trace you know primarily kind of doing stuff with his back to the basket in college and that's primarily what people are seeing on film of him um, you know it, it's tough to kind of talk yourself into a player like that who who can't really shoot the ball um, from the perimeter even from mid range that well. Who, who doesn't really have a great handle. Um, you know, I know Trace has done a little bit more of kind of, you know, bringing the ball up on a fast break if, if you know, he, he can and, and doing some stuff off the bounce against guys that are, he's quicker than. But overall, just the handle, maybe not where you want it to be for, for you know, what, what MA guys are looking for is just these athletic wings who, who are out on the perimeter, can defend many different versatile positions and, and really handle the ball um, and, and kind of like slasher type players. And, um, I, right now, it just doesn't seem like Trace fits that mold. But I think you know when, when you see the type of athleticism he has, as sort of a guy who could set screens, go lob to the rim, stuff like that. 
um, you could probably talk yourself into, you know, seeing if you can get him into your development system and, and really seeing what you can do. So I, th- I think just because of how athletic he is and, and basically how long he is, you know, if he can start to develop a little bit more perimeter-oriented skills, and I'm not even talking about being like a knockdown three-point shooter, but, but simple things like just being able to kind of like handle the ball a little better, um, being a guy that can really slash to the rim and, and go and finish guy, around guys, um, that still could really help him and could, could make him have an NBA career, but um, it's just going to be tough to see with how he uses him and how they play him. That you know what, what most people are going to see on you know watching him during games is not going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to we're going to use him this way. It's not how he'd be using the NBA, um, which is fine. But so I think that's that's probably what's hurting him right now. But you know, you, you always get the chance. You know, when he gets to go out um, after the season ends and and actually do stuff in front of scouts, do different things um, that, that could probably help him because he's a really talented kid and he's really athletic. So. Um, I think that could help him and help his draft stock a little bit more when he gets to, you know, go on those things and kind of showcase his ways that way. But, yeah, I think there's definitely a path for him to, to, to find himself, you know, in, in an, on an NBA team. You know, may, maybe he'll be able to, to do some stuff in the G League first and, and, see, and you know, get called up. But, yeah, I, I, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see kind of how, how his pro career goes because he's definitely a guy that, that's athletic enough. Um, you know, he's got the, the former NBA kind of dad that, that people always sometimes look at. So, um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, and it'd be cool even if he's you know not going first round. It's still cool to hear your name called even if it's second round. So I hope I hope he gets that moment for himself, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean the way he's playing right now, I mean definitely you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on him because of you know what he's been doing. So that, that hopefully that helps him, and people start to realize, hey, look how fun this guy is. We could, and you can hopefully talk yourself into you know him being someone that you know could be a versatile defender. And like I said, kind of like a screen setter, a, a, a rim runner, um, stuff like that to, for NBA teams if they want to go smaller with a guy like that. So could be fun, and, and I'm excited to see you know how it turns out for him. Has Jordan Geronimo maybe finally turned the corner? Uh, we it definitely looks like he's gaining confidence in this new role he's got. But uh, is he maybe turning the corner for this program? It looks like it a little bit. Um, you know, I think, like you said, I think the biggest thing is just confidence for him. And, and I think, you know, something that was probably hurting him a little earlier in the season is, you know, after he'd make, like, one mistake, he'd kind of, you know, be looking over his shoulder. Because, you know, you had you had a race Thompson, and, and Lake Renew was playing really well. So, you know, Woodson was pretty quick to, 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 to you know, sub, sub Geronimo out if he wasn't playing. But I think Geronimo knows now they need him on the floor. So, you know, even if he makes a mistake, he, he's able to kind of, you know, move past it a lot quicker. And he, he's just really showing all the kind of energy and effort things that, um, you know, we, we know that he can provide um, for Indiana. And it, it's been really nice to see the last two games. And I think Woodson said he, he specifically challenged him, you know, ahead of the Wisconsin game, and that's when he responded. Um, you know, these last two games have also been pretty good matchups for him. You know, neither Wisconsin or uh, Illinois had kind of athletic fours that could, you know, like a Keegan Murray type like Iowa has. They don't really have those kind of guys that, you know, would hurt Geronimo on the defensive end. So, you know, he's been really active. He's been really awesome crashing the glass. I think him and Drace have played really well uh, off one another. You know, Geronimo kind of, you know, you know, flashes into the to the paint, and if Trace can hit him on a pass, you know, he's finishing at the rim a little bit better than he was. Um, you know, knocking a three last night. We saw him knocking a couple at the end of last season, which was nice, but I think some of that stuff still isn't where you want it to be. You know, I think we thought he'd be a little bit more uh, perimeter-oriented heading into the season. You know, obviously all, all we had all the off-season talk of, you know, Geronimo wants to potentially play the three, and, and, you know, to do that we knew he had to be a better defender, a better ball handler, a better shooter, and, and I don't think all that stuff is quite there yet. Um, but, but just to see him play with confidence again and see him playing with that energy, 
impacting games in the right way in the right areas has been really good to see. So in that way, I think he is turning the corner a bit. Um, and he's going to need to continue to do that because Indiana needs him. And I think Malik Renew, you know, is another guy that's starting to play a little better. But still, you, you need Geronimo on the floor as much as you can because he, he's been he's been doing a lot of good things the last two games. And um, you know they're going to need him again against Michigan State uh, to kind of you know chase around the, the Hauser type. You know he's their small ball four for Michigan State, so you're going to need him on the floor for that as well. So yeah, it's it's been nice to see because it, it was really you know pretty bleak like it was for the whole team, but especially for Geronimo after. You know, some of these last few losing games, you know, you're like, wow, this is not looking good for him. And you know, I think he's, he's done a great job of flipping his attitude and turning things around. So it's been, it's been nice to see from him. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, always great to catch up. I think there are so many positives. We could continue this conversation for a long time ahead based on uh, the last two games. So we'll see if it continues because Michigan State is another tough one and I think another interesting game coming up for this IU team. Dylan, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. We've got some high school basketball chatter, little recruiting as well. More basketball talk coming your way here on this Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Kyle Dedenriff of the Indianapolis Star with us Fridays as we wrap up the show, wrap up the week, and always get into a big weekend of sports, it seems. A lot of good high school games tonight and, of course, college basketball over the weekend and plenty going on this time of year, that's for sure. Kyle, I think each and every week uh, you're with us that uh, I probably bring up some of the big names in our state as far as high school basketball players go. I know there's a lot of intrigue with some younger players in our state right now, and we talk about Jalen Harrelson and also Trent Sisley quite often here on the show. But another guy making a lot of noise, uh, having some real highlight videos for sure, and uh, getting some good crowds to see him uh, in the northern part of the state is Flory Badunga a uh, move in, a transfer from out of the country into Kokomo, and he continues to impress college coaches. He's got just about everybody you can imagine wanting him to commit to their school. Indiana in the mix, as are so many other Big Ten and local high major colleges as well. Have you had a chance to get up and see him this year? And uh, his game, I understand, it's almost like he gets better each and every time out on the floor. Yeah, I had a chance uh, probably three weeks ago or so. I uh, went up there for the Marion game and uh, you know wrote wrote an article about him. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's sort of a happening uh, up there now. And I think he was a guy who you know probably people had heard of last year somewhat. And then they made you know Kokomo made that tournament run, uh, upset uh, uh, Westfield that night in the uh, regional. I, I think a game that people kind of thought Westfield was going to get through after they'd. Uh, you know, survived Homestead in the early game, and then you know, Kokomo pulled it off at night there at Logansport, and and uh, honestly, I thought they would probably beat Chesterton, but they did not, and uh, you know, ended up 
the the, uh, the journey ended there. But if you watch Flory, you know this year, and I've had a chance, I think now three times to see him this season. You know, he just uh, he, he's come leaps and bounds uh, from last year for sure, and I think that's a credit not only to him but uh, you know, John Peckinpah, the coach there, and, and Flory's definitely a you know an open. You know, he's open to coaching. He just he doesn't have a ton of experience, so you know the kind of the plus side of that is he's he's an open book. I, I think when it comes to you know being a sponge and just learning how to play the game, you know, and and that's uh, he doesn't have a lot of bad habits, which is you know he's very raw still, I will say, and he's he's got you know I think there's another level he can probably get to, and he needs to get to 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 get where he wants to go, but. But, uh, you know, the stuff he can do athletically and, and most of his shots, and, you know, he, I wrote about his 32-shot uh, uh, streak he had of made baskets and, you know, actually tracked down the guy who he tied from uh, Covington back in the late 70s who, uh, who had that streak. He, the state record originally kind of fun. But, anyway, I mean, he just, he's just definitely a, a dunker, a rebounder, uh, an alley-oop guy. A, uh, but he's also showing that he can he – can, make some moves and, and score on the basket in some different ways too. So, you know, just, it's pretty crazy. You know, he's shooting 81%. <laughs> so I look at the stats here, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a fun, fun to watch, especially at Kokomo. And like I said, I saw the Marion game up there, went up there for that one. And it was a great uh, atmosphere. And, you know, those old two, uh, those two rivals in the, in the North Central Conference, you know, it was, it was a packed house and obviously Kokomo really cool gym. So I enjoyed that. Uh, quite a bit getting up there to see him play. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis star. Any idea yet? Does he have favorites? Where Indiana stands? Anybody else that's up there on his list? I know he's got a ton of offers. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you hear, you know, they're, they're, uh, Cincinnati it was there actually the night when I was watching him, as was Tom Izzo. Um, you know, that doesn't tell you necessarily what he's thinking or anything, but I know Cincinnati. You know, Drew Adams is on their staff now. Who has a connection, you know, to to Indiana, um, you know. So there's there's some of that uh, that you hear as far as like interest level. But I, I think I think actually the fact that he's kind of blown up the way he has, you know, to an even higher level, uh, kind of you know, I think it's wide open. I, I think there's you know he's got Kansas. He's got you know it's become more of a national recruitment than. Uh, than an even a, a Big Ten recruitment necessarily, so you know, or even a Midwest recruitment. So you know, I, I wouldn't doubt he would go somewhere relatively close, but but I think it's it's uh, you know sort of still to be determined. He's getting to he went to Butler uh, the other day for a visit, so he, he's getting around. He told me he's been to several schools, um, you know, trying to take some visits and, and and see what those schools are all about, including IU and Purdue. So. Um, you know, I think it's still to be seen. I, I don't know that he, you know, I'm sure he's, this is all new to him too, you know, and, and it is for a lot of kids, but especially him. But, um, but yeah, I think he's just kind of trying to find, you know, a, a system that would fit him pretty well and, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. But, yeah, I think it's it's maybe still a little early for, to know for sure. All right, Kyle Nedenrift, the Indianapolis Star. We've got a few minutes left, and I'm going to get off the beating path just a little bit, but I'm going to do it because you actually wrote a little story about it. Um, I saw a Twitter clip. I think it was because maybe you retweeted it from a place called Courtside Sports and also 
It was shared by Overtime, which they used to be around a lot in our area when uh, Romeo was playing to get all mm-hmm. of his highlights and things of that nature. But it was a, a, from best I could tell, a third grade team, AAU team, travel team, whatever you want to call it, over in Cincinnati, making some pretty good plays, but they were just acting uh, very um, aggressive, very pompous, very arrogant uh, when they would score a basket. And it was kind of the stuff that, you might see it in the NBA and, and laugh a little bit or chuckle a little bit when it's a professional that does something goofy. But when you see it at the youth level or even the high school level, I just cringe. And watching these young kids out there playing basketball, and they you know look pretty talented, but doing so with the attitude and the style they had, uh, it makes you wonder what the future of our game is like. And you retweeted it, asked for some comments, and I think you got some interesting rebuttals there. But maybe a little bit more on that and your take on that. And, gosh, you have to wonder where things are going, not just with society but with basketball and all the travel stuff. There's good sides to it, but there sure is some negatives as well. And seeing young kids behave that way in that pompous manner and uh, just really degrading manner, manner to their opponents, it's concerning for where we're at and where we're going with this sport. Well, and I think there's multiple levels to it, and I got a good, you know, I, I just kind of put it out there. I didn't make a, a, a judgment initially. I just said, hey, what do you think? You know, because I, I am curious, like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe my visceral reaction, you know, original reaction is wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I, but the reaction I got was sort of what I expected. I mean, a lot of people uh, probably of the older set, and even, not even older necessarily, but a lot of people didn't like it, you know, and, uh, and a lot of people, you know, there was quite a few that said, "Hey, you know, it's 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 uh, snippet. It's kids being kids, and and that sort of thing too." And I think two important. There's some definitely some important things, and we don't have time to to talk, you know, too long about it. But you know, it's just I think one thing is that the camera was there, you know, for a reason. I mean, somebody paid for them to come and do highlights, and you know, the kids are no there, <laughs> so they're reacting to. Uh, nothing other than the camera. You know, you can see the the shorter kid. You know, looking at the camera. It's a forty three second clip, I think, and he's looking at the camera pretty much every time before he does something. <laughs> so, you know, and he's a he's a third grader. Um, but I guess my, you know, it's not to me. It's it's different. You know, if the NBA is doing that, and I get I get that's where this comes from. Uh, but those guys are adults. I mean, where are the adults in this situation? You know, where are the where are the coaches? Where are the parents? Say, hey, man, this is not this is not how we act. You know, and 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 if you wanted to act that way, that's fine. But expect that someone's not going to like it. <laughs> you, you, the next team, you know, if I'm coaching the next team, I'm like, hey, man, let's get after these guys. Let's make you know, let let's shut them up. You know. That, as a competitor, that'd be my reaction. So you better be okay with with uh, that reaction too. You know, you better be okay with with teams coming after your kids if they're acting that way, uh, because that's going to happen. And then, are you okay with a, a brawl and parents coming on the floor and acting like fools? You know, because that's the next thing that will happen. So, you know, and, and and we know, you know, that stuff does happen. We see it all the time. You know, those are the other videos that we see. So I think there's it's it's. On the surface, it's like, yeah, the kids being, you know, some people may have their reaction, but I guess, and there is some truth to that. I mean, it's, again, it's not the end of the world, no, but it leads to other things. And it leads to probably the big, you know, uncoachable kids, you know, I, I would say, or, un, uh, you know, parents who are unrealistic, I would think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't let my kids act like that. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but, uh, 
you know, but I, I, I just, you know, it, it, again, I don't want to make too big a deal about it, but I, I thought it was worth, because a lot of people did comment on it, it was worth uh, following up on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, appreciate it. Uh, where are you headed tonight? Where are you headed this weekend? Anywhere, any big games in your area? Yeah, I got Westfield Brownsburg tonight. Should be a good one. Brownsburg's only lost one game. And then I've got uh, Westfield's very good, too. And then tomorrow's the city semifinals, which should be they're both played at Tech, and those should be good games. Addicts and Covenant Christians in one side, and then Cathedral and Chittard. Uh, two old rivals uh, going head to head Saturday. So, Cathedral definitely the big favorite in the city, but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened, and I'm sure Chittard will have something for them. Chittard, I saw last night, I'll have a little something out on them uh, here in a little bit about uh, their season so far. Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, and that's going to wrap things up for the week. Have a great weekend. New Albany, Silver Creek tonight, 7 15, right here on the Big X. Back with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>